Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sans Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day, fighters. As you know, I'm on summer break, so no new episode this week. Uh, just thought I'd drop by. First of all, to remind everyone uh, that I'm going to have our year in review episode out in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be releasing that a week early uh, on our Patreon. Do sign up at patreon.com slash newsfighters if you want to get our year in review episode early. Uh, but first, there was some news in the last week you may have missed if you were distracted by Barnaby Joyce getting COVID, the only news story uh, I paid any attention to, and it was this. Changing of the guard. Olaf Scholz takes over as German Chancellor. Germany has sworn in its ninth post-World War II Chancellor, Olaf Scholz, officially ending the Angela Merkel era. Yes, that's right. Germany has a new Chancellor Olaf Scholz, which means finally, if you have kids, uh, you can trick your kids by saying, let's watch the Olaf show. And they'll be excited and think uh, you're going to watch the movie Frozen. And actually, you're watching the uh, 5.30 a.m. Deutsche Welle German news on SBS. Ah, kids love me. What can I say? Anyways, yes, uh, Olaf Scholz is the new uh, Chancellor of Germany. Uh, What policies uh, can we expect from him? Their joint manifesto is coming together under the slogan, Dare to Make More Progress. Yes, and it turns out they're not kidding when they say it's a joint manifesto. Uh, The introduction of uh, uh, recreational marijuana, of course, that is something that they want to do. And even legalising recreational cannabis. Olaf Scholz is also doing another thing that Scott Morrison's not going to do anytime soon. The incoming government is Germany's first equal, uh, gender equal cabinet. And Olaf even has friends that Scott Morrison doesn't. He has already announced his first foreign trip. That will be to Paris to meet President Emmanuel Macron. What do you want to bet uh, Emmanuel Macron is like, hey, Olaf, would you like to buy some submarines? Going cheap. 
So anyways, with Olaf Schulz finally sewing together his coalition and being sworn in last week as the new Chancellor of Germany, I figured uh, this might be a good week to replay my interview from the week of the German election in late September. Uh, so stick around uh, for a replay of my interview with Joel Dolroy from Deutsche Welle and the podcast Radio Spätkopf, where we talk about what the world can expect from Chancellor Olaf and the end of the Merkel era. Stick around. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, joining me now on News Fighters, uh, live from Berlin, it's Joel Dalroy from Deutsche Welle and the great Berlin news podcast in English, Radio Spätkopf. Joel, how are you going this morning? I'm a little tired. It's about 4 a.m. here, <laughs> but I'm surviving on caffeine. Um, and turning to the, the federal, I guess you call it the federal uh, German election, in terms of the winners and losers from the results. Um, it doesn't really appear as though anyone's really cleaned up there. Germany's centre-left Social Democrats have edged into the lead in the national election there. Germany's general election has resulted in a virtual gridlock. But it could be weeks or even months until a new chancellor is declared. Yeah, it kind of feels like everybody lost just a little <laughs> bit. No one's really come out as a winner here. It's a bit of a compromise all round, so they're going to have to spend long time trying to pull together a coalition, uh, probably with the, the SPD, the Greens, maybe another small party. Uh, mm -hmm. But you can never count out the idea that the, the CDU could still be in there again. Um, but yeah, it's going to take a while. The last time they did this, it took like five months before Germany had a coalition. So, uh, you know, we're not, we haven't seen the end of Angela Merkel just yet. She's going to be around for a bit longer. Yeah, she'll be in, in caretaker mode. Um, yes, so her party, the Christian Democrats, their votes down uh, down quite a bit. The um, Social Democrats, who are more the left-wing party under Olaf Schultz, are uh, up quite a bit, and it's looking like he could be the next chancellor. Yeah, is that more than likely? That's how it's looking at the moment, but he's got to convince uh, the other parties to come along with him, um, and you know they're all going to want a, a policy here or there, so it's going to take a while. 
Um, although, you know, I've lived in, um, in Germany now for 13 years, um, and I really like this idea of coalition government where they, you know, actually have to try and compromise on things, you know, like adults, not just, you know, try and get everything they want or walk out of the room. Yeah, it's not that that winner-takes-all thing. Um, and two of the parties it's looking like they're going to have to talk to are the Greens, whose vote is up quite a lot. But then there's this this kind of... Uh, liberal economic free market party, the Free Democrats, and I understand the Greens and the Free Democrats are talking together already. What what are they going to agree on? It sounds like one wants uh, more green energy, one wants more taxes. How are they, any idea what this could mean policy wise? It's a complete mystery, and that's what everyone's scratching their heads about at the moment. The Greens. Uh, they want to be able to regulate their way uh, out of mm. the climate crisis and the FDP want to leave it up to the market and don't want any new taxes. So it's really hard to see how they're going to come together. But, you know, they, if, if they want to form a government, they're going to have to try and compromise at some point. But, yeah, look, the German politics, it, it's always um, uh, a compromise situation and nobody ever really gets everything that they want. If it is looking like the, the more left-wing uh, parties will um, form the coalition with the Social Democrats and the Greens, any idea what that'll mean policy-wise? Will there be any big changes in policy direction for Germany? Well, we have to expect that there's going to be more action on climate change because it hasn't mm-hmm. been enough. Uh, but I mean, Germany's got other big issues here. I don't know if you've heard, but it's, <laughs> if you take a train anywhere in the middle of the country, it's really hard to get Wi-Fi, even on like the best trains going through areas that you think it would be possible mm-hmm. to get a wireless connection. Your your phone just drops out. The digital infrastructure here is just decades behind um, and they haven't kept up. And so that really needs to be addressed if Germany's going to keep up with the rest of the world. We also got this huge reliance here on the car industry. It props up so many jobs um, and politicians are just loath to touch it because they don't want to annoy the unions. They don't want to annoy the workers. They don't want to take away jobs. Um, But those jobs are going to disappear anyway uh, once the electric car revolution gets going. And Germany hasn't done enough to make sure that its car companies are electrified as well. So a lot of catching up there to do as well. And any ideas in terms of foreign policy? Like Australia, Germany relies a lot on trade with China. So I guess that means no no party will want to kind of try and isolate China the way it seems like Australia and America and the UK are are ganging up on them right now, yeah? Yeah, Germany tries to get along pretty well with China, (laughs) I would say. I think it's the biggest export partner now. Mm. Um, And um, they sell a lot of cars there and they don't really want to piss them off that much. So... Germany is not as bellicose against China as other countries are. And in terms of the campaign itself, I guess uh, if everyone's potentially looking at forming partnerships with everyone, everyone must be a very polite election campaign. <laughs> no insults at the debates or anything, I assume. Uh, well, I wouldn't, well, not direct personal insults. Uh, and frankly, the, the main candidate uh, for the Conservatives, um, uh, Armin Laschet, he did enough by himself without anyone having to insult him to not <laughs> come across looking <laughs> like a bit of a fool. Uh, he right. made gas all over the place. He was famously he was laughing, laughing. At, at the flood uh, flood uh, event, which was uh, a lot of people were angry about. Laschet was once the front runner to succeed Angela Merkel as Chancellor. But after he was caught laughing while the president was speaking in a flood hit village, his polling took a hit. Yep, and then he uh, he did an interview uh, with some children on like children's television, uh, and these these little in- t- kids they basically <laughs> tore into him. Very well researched. Uh, everyone suspects that they had earpieces in when they were asking him the questions, but you know he couldn't even answer a simple question like uh, "What would you call your pet dragon?" You know, this is a guy. <laughs> um, 
who really sort of uh, fudged his way uh, and bung- bungled the election. So no one really needed to insult him. He, he did a pretty good job of that himself. And, and what can we expect from uh, Olaf Schultz? I think it'll be very weird for the world to have a guy named Olaf at the G- at the G7. But what can we expect from him um, in personally if he does become Chancellor? Well, he's pretty boring. That's pretty much why he won. Um, he, he was the finance minister, the- right? Yeah. He was a finance minister um, and he was also a state leader from Hamburg before that. Um, But he does have actually a few interesting potential skeletons in his closet. Um, As a finance minister, uh, there were a few scandals going on in here in Germany relating to banking, um, some really big banking companies that were proven to be completely fraudulent. And there's some suggestion that he might have known a little bit in advance or known more about what was going on um, than than he is uh, uh, led on so far. So, um, you know, he, he does seem boring, but, you know, there could be a little bit of interest if he does get in power and people start digging a little bit more into his, his personal phone and email records to see what he knew when about these scandals. Is it a bit like if Peter Costello or, or Wayne Swan somehow became prime minister? <laughs> That's that's a pretty good equivalent, yeah. But, yeah right. um, in in this case, um, I mean, one of the reasons that that uh, he's done so well is because well, Angela Merkel herself was pretty boring, and it seems like Germany Germans d- just like a, a kind <laughs> of you know middle of the road sensible person who doesn't look too flashy and just gets the job done. Mm. And speaking of uh, Angela Merkel, she's been Chancellor since we had John Howard uh, as Prime Minister. Um, and I don't know, in the West, all the media coverage has been that, that Germany's going to miss her and the world's going to miss her. How, how true is that? Are young people going to miss her? People just find her kind of boring and ubiquitous uh, um, at this stage? Or will people actually actually miss her as Chancellor? Older people uh, are, are going to miss her as Chancellor. And you can see that because the CDU lost tons of votes um, and they all went to, to the SPD. And the, the suspicion there is that that's the, that's the Merkel vote. Those people mm. were traditional SPD voters before, but they liked her because she was middle of the road and she she basically stole a lot of uh, the, the the SPD's policies and included them in her own and so she brought those people along and now she's gone and they've they've, they've gone elsewhere but young people are actually they're quite angry at Merkel and politics in general for just not doing enough about climate change and just letting their futures be stolen um, so there's going to be a lot of young people who not not in a in a hateful way, but they're, they're happy that, that Merkel um, is, uh, the era of Merkel is over and that something new can begin where these policies, these, these problems can actually start being taken seriously. Uh, and speaking of uh, young people voting on interesting things, the um, there was this. It's got a bit of coverage over here. So Berlin voted yes on property expropriation to reclaim housing from giant real estate companies. Is it could this actually happen, or is this just what, what's the vote about? Well, I live in Berlin uh, and I cover mostly local Berlin politics, and this is really one of the most exciting uh, ideas that we've had in ages. So the, the referendum basically called for the city government to forcibly purchase hundreds of thousands of apartments from private landlords, but only those big private companies that own more than 3,000 apartments. So it was really specifically targeting these huge companies that just own swathes of property. That are for-profit, I assume. Yeah, definitely for-profit. So you've got to keep in mind, Berlin is a city of renters. Um, There's a huge number of people renting. We're up to 85% of the city are renters rather than owner-occupiers. And so everybody here is interested and worried about rent prices going up. And these big companies have huge influence and they have been putting the rents up for ages and everyone's been getting angry about it. The city's tried to do various things by capping the rents over the last few years. It hasn't really worked. And then there's been these big protests which accumulated in this referendum. Um, 
at first, nobody thought it would get anywhere because it's just too radical. I mean, the idea, it's like you know, we're 30 years here after the end of socialism in East Germany, and we've got the citizens of the city who have basically now, um, the overwhelming majority have told the city government, we want you to forcibly purchase property back from the market and put it in state hands, you know. Um, wow. And uh, it's it, what happens now? Well, it's actually not a binding referendum, so the politicians can ignore it if they want to. Um, but it's pretty hard to ignore a referendum where more than 56% of the people said they want this to happen. Uh, you know, a million Berliners voted in favor of this. Um, so they're going to have to find some way to fudge around it if they don't want to actually do it. Because if they did do it, there's one estimate that it would cost something like 36 billion euros to actually pay out these companies wow. to get their properties back. Um, even though the supporters of the initiative say that the state has the permission to do it for much cheaper using the constitution, they could actually um, pay out a lot, a lot less um, if it's in the public interest. Mm. But the problem actually is that the main party that has won the city-state election, which is also the SPD, they're against it and their mayor doesn't want to do it. Mm. Um, and it's making the process of forming a coalition to govern here on a local level also very difficult. Um, it's putting um, the, the Greens and the left party against the SPD. And um, so the image that Berlin has had recently of this sort of lefty greeny city that um, has has a, um, really progressive policies, that could actually change a bit after this, this latest election. And because of this particular referendum, which might split these parties apart, because they all have such a different uh, take on whether we should actually go ahead and do this. So the idea will be that um, it'll be like compulsory uh, acquisition here when they buy land for a train station or something. Um, but then yeah, it'll, exactly. be, it'll be owned by the state. So they, the Berlin is actually like their housing run by the state. Yeah, well, public housing here is not a negative thing. It's not It's not like a housing commission run down flats. It's good yeah, quality yeah. housing and it's affordable Great. and it stays affordable. Um, you don't have to worry about uh, getting kicked out of your flat with, uh, without notice, which which can happen when you've got a private landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to worry about it, it, insane rent increases. Your rent might go up a little bit, but it's just a safe, affordable way to 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 live. And it's um, it's got a very different image here as, as, than in other countries, that's for sure. Uh, here, if you get into a, a city-owned housing um, apartment, you you consider yourself lucky. Wow. I think I know why so many Aussies are moving to Berlin then. If it's affordable housing, uh, affordable, if they can find somewhere housing. to live, it's very hard exactly. to actually get a flat, and that's the other problem. They uh, certainly need to build more apartments. Um, and just finally, uh, to COVID before we go, we're about to open up here in a few weeks. Um, what are the lessons from Germany? Here they're saying that from December first in New South Wales, unvaccinated people will be allowed anywhere and everywhere. But I understand you guys are leaning the other way. Is that correct? Oh, no, we're opening up here too. Uh, we have been for a while now. Our vaccination rates are, are mm. doing pretty well. And, um, yeah, we can we can start going to nightclubs next week. The famous Berghain nightclub reopens uh, business as usual. Um, you can go in if you're vaccinated and can dance right. without a mask. So, so are there uh, different you know, tiers for if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated? Like uh, unvaccinated people yeah. have to stay outside or something or – Exactly. It's getting harder and harder to do anything if you're not vaccinated anymore. Uh, it's almost impossible to be able to sit inside a restaurant, to go inside a nightclub, to go to a cinema. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to stay outside and, um, uh, you know, w- wave your protest <laughs> banners out saying whatever it is you think your freedoms have been removed because you're not vaccinated. But uh, look, it, it, it's working here. The, the hospital uh, rates are down. The infection rates are, are, are down and, and um uh, people are getting 
on with their lives and we're all quite happy about it to be honest terrific um well all the best and uh olaf says we should have the final chancellor results by christmas which uh <laughs> fingers crossed i guess yeah well it's great talking to you and um yeah we'll, we'll see we, we we may have a we may have by christmas last time it took longer than that but wow you know if, if you if you like uh, the side of angela merkel you can be happy she's a, around for a few more weeks at least well, certainly a lot better than in Australia where it's just whoever Rupert Murdoch decides, that's for sure. Um, where, can, where can people find uh, find you and Radio Spätkopf? Uh, well, Radio Spätkopf, we are Berlin's English news podcast. We do a show about once a month. Uh, if you've ever visited Berlin and you want to know what's going on here, we keep you updated about trams and U-Bahns and bicycles and um, and parks and parties and all the fun stuff um, and, and the politics as well. So just search for us on your podcast feed. Now, Spätkauf is spelled S-P-A-E-T. Uh, so it's got a funny umlaut. Spätkauf is like a, a kiosk. It's a, a bottle yeah. shop. The corner store, you go the place you go to get your beer get and, your and your chewing gum, whatever else. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's a place everyone has to go. Everyone has to go at least once a day, and so that has a, it's a very local place, and that's why we named the show Radio Spaycal. We want to, we, we like the idea that we might be something playing in the background of your local Spaycal. Terrific, terrific. All right, thanks again for being on the show, uh, Joel Dalroy. Thank you. Thanks. Yes, that's News Fighters for today. Big thank you to Joel Delroy for that interview from uh, late September. And uh, just a reminder, don't forget to sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters um, to get the year in review episode a week ahead of time that'll be out uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and if you want to hear when it's coming out, uh, sign up to our free newsletter at newsfighters.com. And also, we're going to try and sell it on our Buy Me A Coffee site. So if you want to buy me a coffee uh, or just keep an eye out on there, it's at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. That's all. I hope you're having a great summer, everyone. Keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Would you like to buy some submarines? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.